Drink of Ages Radio Show is brought to you by Wild West Brewfest, happening November 3rd through 5th at Typhoon Texas Water Park in Katy. Three days of badass events and lots of great beers to try. Voted the number one beer fest in North America for multiple years in a row, Wild West Brewfest is a great time. Live music, games, food, and a whole lot of beers from the best breweries. Actually, over 500 beers from over 60 breweries. Get tickets now at wildwestbrewfest.com. I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, luminary. John Denman. John Denman. Everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio here on ESPN 97.5. I am John Denman. He is DJ Muskrush. Tom's taking the day off. Uh, apparently he's going to try to run another marathon tomorrow. And and I know what he was doing last night, so I understand why he's taking today off. But I just don't see physically how how this happens, because <laughs> yeah, when when you get pictures of a bottle of whiskey at one o'clock in the morning, and that that's not getting ready for a marathon. That's, that's not how I do it. I I don't run marathons, but yeah, that's marathon drinking session at that point that's i mean that's a different marathon, the different yeah. man that's the marathons i can get behind right uh, but to go out and actually do a marathon it's it's so he's taking the week off and we'll we'll hear all the stories about the struggles and pains and vomiting and whatever else happens during the i don't know i can only imagine what i would do if i had to run 31 and a half miles uh, runner's nipple that's I, bad too. oh I, man <laughs> but yeah the tape yeah band-aids uh mm. That'll yeah. Uh, there's all kind of chafing that I would have could only imagine. Don't want to deal with that. No. 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 But let, on positive, on positive, change the conversation a little bit. Drinking a beer over at Gristworks, Dave Sorrell and Sam Wright. This is our guest. So what's going on, fellas? Oh, uh, lots of things happening. Lots. Lots. Moving pretty quickly. So hopefully, um, thanks for waiting on one permit left. Uh, yeah, so uh, we we, uh, we just got our mixed beverage permit, all our TABC uh, certifications, so we're good state-wise. Uh, we're just waiting on our federal TTB before we can actually start distributing. But uh, we have a bunch of new beers on tap here, and uh, probably about two, three weeks out until we start distributing. But uh, yeah, here in the tap room, we, uh, we have uh, a full wall starting today. We just, uh, just filled up the wall. Uh, all new beers, and uh, we have wine, cider, and uh, soon-to-be uh, mixed beverage permit just got approved. So uh, tonight we're actually buying our liquor this afternoon, and uh, we we're putting together our uh, cocktail program. Fingers crossed, have everything ready to go by uh, by the weekend. So. Oh man, I was about to say, I picked a good time to come here. Now that the tap wall's full. Got a bunch of beers <laughs> to try, but. Sure, we could have we could have really stepped to show up later tonight. <laughs> well, uh, af- after we get off the air here, I'm going over to Specs and uh, picking up our first initial uh, liquor order. So, yeah, that's cool because there's not very many places that, well, the only place brewery tap room that I know of around I mean, Platypus they have a little cocktail program, and but you guys are going to have a very extensive mm-hmm. cocktail because Dave, that's kind of kind of what you've done in the past. Yeah, so uh, my my background, I, I basically, I've worked, uh, my joke I always tell people is if you're a craft beer enthusiast in the city, I've either served you or trained the staff that did serve you. 
Um, I've been first place I, I opened was uh, Revelry on Richmond, and uh, frankly, I started as the door guy there and uh, passed the Cicerone exam while I was still the door guy. And uh, Ted's like, "Well, hey, we gotta we gotta make something a little bit more so than just door guy out of you." So I uh, ended up being the beverage director there, and uh, shortly thereafter. Um, Ended up being, uh, uh, I won't use the word poached, but uh, strongly, uh, strongly recruited over to a few other programs, uh, including Hay Merchant, Heights Beer Garden, Holman Draft Hall, uh, Pitch 25, and basically uh, all around uh, craft scene like that. Uh, got a little bit of a uh, little bit of cocktail experience over at uh, Axelrad and uh, a couple other places, and then uh, pandemic hit and all the bars closed, so I switched over to uh, fine dining. Ended up with uh, Shepherd's Group again, so uh, then I went through opening and closing all of uh, everything from Hay Merchant again, uh, UB Preserve, One Fifth, um, so all of his places, and that's where I really got into the craft cocktail side of things, and uh, met some really awesome people, and was able to bring uh, Saul Hernandez on board with us here, and uh, so his background is uh, started off at Anvil, and uh, he's done all of Bobby Hugel's restaurants and bars. So uh, he's going to be heading up our uh, our, uh, our cocktail program. Starting off with a handful of draft, uh, we're going to do a uh, espresso martini on nitro. Uh, we're going to do a Paloma uh, carbonated on draft as well. And then uh, going to do the basics as far as like old fashions, Negronis, uh, simple simple one-on-one type of things as well. And then we're going to expand it out as we go. So. Man. Big stuff. <laughs> That's a, that's a lot to take in, Justin. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> we're just that resume, man. That's like four pages long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I couldn't be happier with the team that we're building because, yeah, we're, we've got a stacked team. And, you know, not to speak too much here, like, I'll let Sam talk about his experience. I mean, he's got 16 years in the in the brewing scene here. So, yeah, I got to tell us about do the math every now and then. Um, and you got to figure out, I was like, what year is it really? <laughs> you know, start counting backwards. Like, wait, that was that? <laughs> What's going on in 2006? Um, so yeah, I started at, um, let's see, I guess I went to University of Texas and got into, I guess you could call it a burgeoning beer scene back then. There was, St. Arnold was available, RAR, I guess Live Oak was only on draft, and Real Ale. Those were pretty much the only Texas beers that were really available um, but got really into imports, good stuff that was coming out of Cali, uh, Colorado, and Oregon, Washington State. Um, graduated there in 05, and then uh, worked in Nabisco for about a year, and hooked up with a buddy of mine, started homebrewing. Um, you know, I was 23 at the time, didn't have a girlfriend, didn't have really anything tying me down so uh st arnold was looking for a brewer jumped at that worked there for about seven years um from 06 to 2013 then um went to southern star up in conroe for about six years as head brewer production manager um left there uh the plan was to open a brewery in spring branch in late 2019 early 2020 then pandemic happened shut down everything sba so um found myself at holler for about a year and a half and did that for yeah like a year and a half and then 
Uh, tried to open a brewery again, and then, you know, seems like the economy never quite wants me to do that. So um, that kind of fell apart with the inflation, rate hikes, everything. Uh, that just wasn't going to work out. And so then uh, Dave and Jorge approached me about, you know, consulting, just trying to kind of figure out where where the equipment stood, what needed to be repaired, um, make a few batches to kind of, you know, get something in the tanks that was fresh. Because I think all the beer was six months old. Wow. <laughs> well, we, we, we bought we an think, existing brewery, yeah. and so uh, it's been a transition phase for sure. And so, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun uh, learning with Sam. Um, same thing. I, I've been a home brewer for about 10, 10, 15 years, but never worked on big industrial equipment. So it's uh, the difference between, you know, being a home cook and cooking in a, in a full-size kitchen. So, yeah, having, having him come on board and teach us the teach us the process and uh yeah that was that was much needed so so yeah and then now i'm full-time here so we're yeah i mean you guys you guys took over the 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 local group space which you know it's unfortunate because um you know they just happen to open up at probably the worst time they had i think from the time they had the idea to when they opened if the only luck they had was bad it was there were permitting issues and then opening what a month before right before shut down shut down so mm-hmm. yep it just unfortunately but you know it just sometimes you know bad things happen that lead to good things for other people yeah. and so stepped into stepped to a pretty excellent spot uh pretty badass place nice kitchen uh, nice restrooms nice bar nice outdoor area brew system's nice it's good brew system conditioned it's definitely Definitely the nicest I've seen in a startup. Yeah. They they put some money into building a pretty nice space, and we're lucky to inherit that. Yeah. Right. One man's loss, another man's gain. Yeah. Uh, this is this is it. So it's cool. Pulled up. Getting the sign painted outside. Yep. Yeah. That we're, was exciting. Uh, yeah. Today, we, yeah. We've been in the process of rebrand for a while. And uh, again, it was, uh, it's been a long, uh, you know, we can complain about our permitting processes, but, uh, you know, it's, can't, it, we, we had a lot going for us going, uh, stepping into things here. Um, it's been about six months that so we've been waiting on all the, uh, all the approvals. And like I said, we, uh, we just, uh, what was it, Thursday, I think last week, that we just got our uh, TABC permit. So, in the meanwhile, we've been operating as local group, but now that we're able to fully change it over, we've got uh, got a guy out there right now uh, watching him paint our sign on the building right now. So it's uh, starting to feel more real now. It's uh <laughs> well, it's it's kind of I would imagine it's one of those things where it, it's you're just going through the motions now because it still doesn't seem like it's yours. I, I mean, it definitely. Uh, I, I've been putting in the hours. Definitely feels like feels like it's it's ours, but it's uh, it's. Uh, feeling more and more that what we want it to be I should say I mean it's uh it's kind of been uh the, the analogy I was using is kind of like moving in while the other guy's still sleeping on the couch you know it's uh, <laughs> so it's kind of kind of been feeling like uh, we because technically on paper we were uh, we were employees of local group up until uh, last week so yeah yeah <laughs> sleeping on somebody's still sleeping on the couch <laughs> Yeah, I mean the inside hasn't changed yet, and up until you know you come in and it's fully branded mm-hmm. as Gristworks, mm-hmm. then you know that, that last minute you're just be kind of looking around going, "Is that it? Do they finish? Is that 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 signs up? That's there." <laughs> All yeah, right, high five, everybody. Group stuff's done, and 
Yeah, and so the, the, the guy we've got out there uh, working on the exterior, uh, we're planning on putting a, a nice big mural on the inside. And uh, so that one, we're still kind of getting the ideas uh, together, what we want. It's, uh, it's kind of like getting a tattoo. You, uh, you go to the artist with an idea, this is what I want, and then it's kind of a back and forth creative process. So uh, once we get the mural colors and everything set and kind of know what that's going to look like, then that'll kind of dictate the rest of the interior look as well. But uh, yeah, black and gold and, uh, and white, uh, kind of high contrast, and uh, has a very uh, almost like German steampunkish type of look to it. So kind of like the way it came out, and you know, it's it's a brewery. You got a bunch of tubes and pipes and you know metal. So I think that all kind of works out well together. Yeah, it's it's you got a nice tap room where you know it's, everything's exposed, dark ceilings, and you see all the everything, lights and electrical and plumbing and all that, the air ducts. So, yeah, and uh, on that exposed kitchen as well, we've got a full kitchen, uh, which is still kind of a rarity among a lot of breweries here in, in Houston. You know, probably half of them at least rely on food trucks, which, you know, that's great when the weather's nice, but if it's too hot, too cold, too windy, whatever, uh, it's nice to have a uh, reliable source for food every day. So uh, currently we're doing, uh, doing dinner service uh, four, four o'clock until 10 during the week. And then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're doing breakfast and lunch and then uh, staying up until uh, uh, currently it's till 10. Uh, we just got that late night permit. And so uh, we will eventually be expanding hours out until 2 a.m. So uh, with that, will probably come some uh, late night bites, kind of a limited uh, limited uh, dinner menu as we get down that go down that route. Yeah, and uh, should speak more on the kitchen. Um, so the uh, another uh, departed bar among us, a, a night shift over on the east end of town. About a, about nine months now, that one closed down. Um, we were able to get uh, chef, uh, chef Danny Leal from there. Uh, he's he had a handful of uh, food trucks beforehand, and uh, they they brought him on board at night shift, and so he was getting a lot of really good write-ups with uh, Texas Monthly and Eater and. Uh, uh, Houston Chronicle. I know Eric Sandler was huge fan of his food over there. Allison Cook wrote up uh, quite a few things on him as well, and uh, so yeah, uh, happy to have him on board as well. He's making some excellent food. Uh, we're doing pizza night. Actually, tonight is, uh, is steak night, so uh, I've got ribeyes and uh, got some sweet potato tots. They're real tasty. They're kind of like uh, chicken fried steak batter on the uh, on the uh, 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 sweet potato tots, and so yeah, he's cooking up a storm in there and uh doing a great job for us dude you have a pizza night yep. and it's a ten dollar pizza but it's most of the pizzas you see being served right now are, are kind of small totino's style yeah oh, no. you know they're just not really that big it's, it's good for good for one person to throw down pretty quickly this pizza is much larger than that yep yeah it's definitely uh definitely made for two people so even at regular price, 17 bucks is a great deal on it. But uh, when we do a $10 pizza night, uh, last night I think we sold about 40 pizzas. Kind of rainier, yeah, <laughs> rainier weather, so we had a lot of to-go service. But you know, it was Astros game, so it was a it was a fun time. But yeah, pretty much every night of the week uh, we're doing uh, we're doing some specials. Um, 
All right, give you a quick rundown on those. Uh, Monday night's going to be our, our industry night, and especially now that we've got the liquor going, uh, we're, th we're thinking something kind of like a family meal where we make like a big casserole of some sort. If you ever worked in the restaurant industry, you know how like uh, pre-shift, everyone sits down, has a meal, and uh, discusses you know important topics for the day. So that's kind of what we're, where we're going with that is it's a, it's a shift meal, and we just do like a big casserole type of thing, whether it's a lasagna or enchiladas or whatever. And just have like an all-you-can-eat buffet on uh, on Monday nights. Kind of reminiscent. Remember, uh, Hay Merchant used to do this. Oh yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where I borrowed that one from. I remember <laughs> there was uh, King Ranch chicken one time. Yep. Nice. And and I was like, I'm not missing that. <laughs> that that's that's one of, that's one of Chris's specialties. I think they still have that at HEB. I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, they they were selling it at HEB. So. Like the Chris Shepard recipe. Yep. Yeah, they. Okay. Yeah, they had the, they had actual uh, pre pre made casseroles ready at the at H E B for you. Nice. It was good. Yeah. That was, that's one of my. My mom made that growing up, and she's, from Indiana, so it was, it was a very Midwestern way to do it. But, um, that was, I wanted to make it. I I'm a gardener, so I had peppers, and I thought, you know, I'm just gonna put this together. I told my wife what all's in it, and. She was she was not convinced. She once she ate it, she she liked it, but it yeah, just just flavors come together, man. It's it's I don't know. I think there was a little too much cream of chicken soup for her. She's not. Hmm. <laughs> that's well, but you got to have at least a can and well, and maybe we'll have to have that on the menu, huh? That's, <laughs> well, yeah. So, so yeah. Anyway, um, that's Mondays, um, and again, we're still kind of we're still kind of thinking that one out. We'll, we'll definitely do some sort of a beer and a shot deal with that as well. Um, then Tuesdays, uh, in addition to the pizza being ten dollars, uh, Tuesday is our uh, Tuesday is our athletic night. So uh, if you either ride your bike or run here, your first beer is a dollar. So you can get a pizza and a beer for eleven bucks. That's fi find a better deal in town for it. Yeah, exactly. Can't think of one. <laughs> Other than the fact that I have to run here. Yeah, we, well, we talked about that earlier. <laughs> so, do, do we confirm? Like, do we want to be sweaty? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what if I, what if I park like a block away? I mean, that's a good run just, for me. Just have a spray bottle. Just sprint in here, forehead. John. If you show up in spandex, then uh, we'll, we'll definitely give you that a beer for that, a dollar. That should be that should be free beer when I show up in spandex because that's I'm putting on a show. <laughs> I don't get it. I'm gonna, we'll, we'll people are going to be giving me dollars. Uh, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll make sure that, that you uh, you don't you drink very cheaply all night if you show up in spandex. <laughs> that just needs to be the normal night. We'll, we'll, we'll pack it in. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's take a quick break because we're out of time with this first segment and refill the beer. Then we'll talk about the beers that we're drinking. And yeah, we are hanging out at Gristworks. This is Drink of Ages. We'll be right back. Hey y'all, this is Shane with New Magnolia Brewing Company. We are a family-owned and operated brewery located at 1616 Bevis Street. New Magnolia Brewing serves up a high-rotation, high-variety of finely crafted beers. Everything from our award-winning lagers to modern IPAs, funky sours, and of course, classic European styles. Our taproom is open seven days a week, so come enjoy our spacious, open indoor taproom or one of our large outdoor seating areas. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at New Magnolia Brewing. Hello everyone, this is uh, Trevor Brown from Lone Pine Brewery coming at you from Magnolia, Texas, home of Yellow Rose IPA. 
We're new in cans. I don't know if you've seen. We're now in aluminum, yellow rose, gentleman's Rose nitro, Jabberwocky, and Zenos. We'll be doing seasonals and Zythopal releases every quarter. So join us at our beer garden, open seven days a week. We've got live music, food trucks. Kids and dogs are welcome as long as they're nice. Find us at LoonPine.com on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks, everybody. Hey, y'all. This is Andrew, the Mayor Mitchum, owner and brewer at Senate Avenue Brewing Company. Here's the top five reasons you should bring the whole family to come and see us. Number one, air conditioning. Number two, tasty cold craft beer brewed by yours truly. Number three, burgers, tacos, pizzas, and pretzels. Number four, brunch on Sundays. Number five, our cozy, breezy patio. Drop in any day of the week for lunch or dinner. We'll save a table for you. Decca Beer Company off 494, just north of Kingwood, is a brewery you should know about and stop by. 20 taps with rotating experimental beers and other excellent beers brewed true to style. Nice air-conditioned tap room for the whole family and a large patio with beer, wine, cider, soft drinks, plus food trucks on site. Also a great place to hold your next event. Tap room is open Wednesday through Sunday and look for Decca Beer Company on tap around the Houston area and check them out online at DeccaBeer.com. That is D-E-C-A Beer.com. They have something for everyone. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers and stouts, definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play, though. Nine-hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. Hi, it's Tom from No Label Brewing down in Katy, Texas. Come out and visit us seven days a week in historic Katy, right between the silos. If it's the weekend, it's live music, it's beer releases, it's food trucks, vendors, HX markets, more. Can't make it on the weekend? Don't worry, we're open seven days a week. So coming out for bingo nights, trivia nights, run clubs, there's so much going on out here between the silos. So if you're looking for craft beer and a good time, come out to Katy, Texas, come out to No Label. Rust Works here on the north side of downtown, just right across the downtown. Dave Surreal, Sam Wright, hanging out. Uh, the last turnstile session IPA is what I had during the first segment. 4.9%. Nice, easy, good little hot bite to it. Uh, very, very slammable. Absolutely slammable. Now this is the Amberlo Dry Hop version of that beer, the West X. Yep, West Texas. Oh, man, I didn't write that down, and I remembered it. It's good. <laughs> yeah, West Texas. So dry hopped with Amarillo. Really good. Uh, Dave, we're kind of talking about it a little bit. You're like, ah, dry hops. And I'm like, I kind of like beers that are dry hop. You can dry hop a Pilsner, dry hop, you know, pretty much anything for me so most of the time. You can for everybody. I will like it a little bit more. <laughs> so this a, is really good. So what do you think about yeah. that? Like yeah, it? I like it a whole good. lot. Yeah, just a little variant on the same beer, and it's kind of fun to have uh, two two versions of similar thing on tap. Try them side by side. That's how, that's how we get you to have another one, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to compare. Twist your arm. Huh? You had to compare. You go back to the regular turnstile to make yep. sure. Yep. Yeah, and that was um, – so we basically transferred half the tank to make turnstile and then dry hopped what was left in there. So that is the exact same beer. It's not different batch or anything. That's same beer just um, with about probably a little bit over a pound per barrel – 
of dry hop of Amarillo. Yeah, you don't really need a whole lot of Amarillo to really make that. No, and give that punch. And to be fair, like so, we inherited a lot of the hops that local group had. So that's kind of what we're working with in terms of, um, you know, they had a good good variety, and I could definitely tell there's some some particular hops that Huggy was in love with. Um, Huggy, the former brewer, now at Holler, so we he and I just kind of switched switched spots. Um, yeah, we just kind of went through what we had in inventory and said this should work together. So yeah, yeah this is what we can make. This is what we can make. We don't have to buy anything. It's already here. Yep. Burn through that and then start plotting out some new recipes. Yep, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Anything anything that you guys are really looking forward to making? Uh, I know it's uh, right now you kind of look at trends and stuff. Of course, hazy IPAs are still pretty popular out there. and But everybody's really getting back to the lighter, easier, the pilsners, the lagers, you know, things like that. And is that something that you guys are right? What? what kind of core things do you want people to to know about when they come in or what should they try oh uh, i i've kind of always made my well not always but definitely as i've gotten older like if i go to a baseball game or something i almost never drink anything that's beer that's over about seven percent alcohol so my my sweet spot somewhere between four and a half to six anything over six is kind of kind of pushing it for me because you know you fade out too quickly um yeah i i really like that and i i think there's a natural tendency in beer drinking to come back towards that four to five percent range that's you know there's a reason budweiser miller Coors, their main products are right in that range. And I think, you know, you go back 10, 15 years and every brewery was trying to make 12%, 13%, 14% beers that were, you know, 150 IBUs. <laughs> you don't see that very much anymore. There's, you know, I think the people that buy those are few and far between and, you're gonna you're gonna satisfy a lot more people with more drinkable, you know, five percent plus or minus a percent of alcohol. You can get a lot of flavor out of that, um, and you know, you can have several beers and not be exactly you know no, hugging past, the toilet or past the point. Trying past. to try to figure out what you're. Yeah, it was it was it was a weird time, and with between like all the. The I, IBU wars and the higher ABVs, triple IPAs, and yeah, all this I, stuff. And, and when you go to a bottle share, it was okay in 30 minutes, man. We're, everybody's just smashed. Well, and, and, you know, I love IPAs, but you drink, if you drink two 12 ounce bottles of triple IPA, you're not tasting <laughs> the, no, the third man. beer. Uh-uh. You're tasting the, you're still tasting the hops in the first one. Yeah. There's a, it was back when San Diego was, you know, that was where you went for hoppy beers. I was out there one time, and I think I was there for like three or four days. And I think the third day, I was just like, I just want a f***ing Kolsch. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah. Can I swear? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I just want a Kolsch. Mm. Finally found a Kolsch. 
and it tastes like Simcoe. I was like, why does this <laughs> taste like Simcoe? And, you know, they didn't list Simcoe. like, because that's, those were the three beers I had before that were 90 IBU mm. Simcoe bombs back when, back when people still like Simcoe. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, we're at Great American Beer Fest and, you know, walking around that and you're just looking at beers and you're just drinking, drinking, drinking. And it's like, you know what? I just need to walk out, walk across the street, get a pint of a good Pilsner, take a break, and then I'll come back. Yeah. Just. I think the, the last time I was at GABF, you have the super long lines at like Russian River, you know, anybody that's selling or anybody that has the really, really hoppy stuff. And the one I kept going back to was, um, I forget the name of it. It was the, the Coors Craft brand, and they had a beer called Colorado Native. Yep. Not exciting at all, but it was, you know, I think about 4 or 5% alcohol, just a basic well-made amber lager. And that was, it was like my home base that I'd go around, but when so I just wanted a reset. quick. Yeah, it was like I want a quick. I don't want to wait in the line, and I just want a good beer. I I must have gone there like ten times because there was no line, and I think because they were owned by Coors, not a lot of people wanted to hang out there. Yeah. <laughs> so the people were super nice. That there was someone actually wanted to try their beer. Um, yeah, it was, it was like that's a good term reset. That you know you go from a twelve percent stout. For me, I can't do that all night long. I, that's a that's an early night for me. Yeah, I think I think after we left JBF, we walked up and everybody's like, "Hey, what do you want to do?" And I was like, "Bed." Nope. <laughs> I need an old fashioned. Yeah. I, no more beer. Let's take a break from beer for a little while. And looked up old fashions, and across the street was this rooftop bar. Oh, and so, ooh, was it? What, how cold was that? It was not bad. It was a beautiful really? night. Yeah, yeah, it was a wonderful night. Denver, like, it's so dry in Denver. It, it did get a little breezy, and I was in shorts and a T-shirt, but they had some heaters on and all That's that. Cold. And, and <laughs> apparently we skipped everybody. I didn't realize it, but we walked in, <clears throat> walked in, and there's there's an elevator. So I walk up, and there's a lady there. I was like, hey, is the rooftop bar upstairs? She goes, yeah, through the elevator. The elevator doors open. We just walked, got on the elevators. Didn't realize there's a whole line of people back there until later. And then uh, we go up, walk out, and the lady goes, Are, did you get a reservation? And I said, yeah, she told us to come up here. And she goes, okay. And we went and sat down in this perfect spot outside. That <laughs> was great. So old fashions hanging out, and Tom and them showed up, like the whole no-label no crew, and like, hey, where are you guys? Like, we're upstairs. Just go to the front and tell them John Denman sent you. <laughs> And so they, they finally got upstairs. Like, we told them John Dennis, so you, they go, who's that? <laughs> like, perfect. <laughs> the guy with the table. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. But, yeah, I had to switch, you know, and then, then it was like, all right, let's drink some old fashions. Just, yeah, yeah. Well, that's change it up. And that's uh, really key to what our business model is here and what's going to make us so different from any other brew pub here in town. And I don't know, you've, you've known me for, what, seven, eight years at least. And have, Easily, I not, yeah. have I not been preaching this like, yeah, someday I'm going to have my own place. You know, after I've opened 20 other bars for other people, here I am finally got my own. And I've made no, no, uh, no secret of what my plan was is right. I want to be a brew pub that 
you can bring your wife or your girlfriend or both of them to that one of them doesn't drink beer and they're both going to be happy. And, you know, we're, we're going to be able to do that where, you know, we'll have the cocktails. We'll have, we already have the wine. We already have the cider and obviously excellent beer as well. And once you come in, we've got the brew house right up front and center, big, beautiful, big, beautiful brew house. You can see right in the kitchen and right across the street from us, all these apartments, we're going to be canning cocktails to go as well. Requires, uh, you know, you got to buy a bag of chips or something like that. But, you know, at least. But, <laughs> yep, exactly. But we're planning on uh, putting some canned cocktails out there as well. So, you know, we're definitely playing the game very differently than any other brew pub here in town. Uh, just having... <clears throat> Opening up on the weekends for breakfast mm-hmm. and having the Bloody Mary option. Yep. Or mimosas option. Yeah. Things yeah. like that. Yeah, and the mimosas have been selling really well for us. So, um, again, a lot of my experience at uh, like Heights and Holman, we did uh, a lot of kegged wines. And so some people might turn their nose up to a kegged wine, but it's actually a better way to serve your product because there's no exposure to light, no exposure to oxygen, and you don't have to worry about having, you know, three-day-old glass of wine that you're not sure if you really want to drink that wine or if they're trying to pull a fast one on you. And so our wine does ne- never goes bad in the kegs. Um, I mean, over at, over at Holman and Heights, I think up to like six months or so that we would have, we would have a, 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 a keg of wine on the wall on some of those slower movers and it tastes the same day one as it does day you know 190 300 yeah. whatever it is so but yeah so and, and it's uh, i think from a speed of efficiency of service wise we're not having to pop bottles you know you got five gallons of wine on tap and just a waste yeah. the amount yeah. of waste yeah and that's one of those things like i uh you know Way back in college, I did take a SOM course, and I could have definitely gone the opposite route and been a been a wine been a wine nerd. But uh, one of my big things with with wine was that it's just so freaking expensive to get into it that as you're trying to climb the ranks and actually get up to like level three SOM, unless you work at some high end fine dining restaurant or you're basically a millionaire, how do you get access to some of these some of these high end wines to actually taste them? Beer is the everyman's drink, where you know realistically you know it might be a 15 or 20 or 30 dollar bottle of beer but realistically anyone can afford to drink some of the best beers in the world true and so and then going out i don't drink wine out at restaurants because they're usually priced four times what the bottle actually costs the restaurant to buy because they've got to make up the cost of that's where the margins are usually exactly alcohol yeah well but they've got to they've got to mark it up four times just to cover the cost of we might not serve the other Basically, three Basically, it's like, you know, you make your money for the bottle off of one glass, right? Yep. That's your break-even. Yep. And then everything else is profit. Else so is you profit. dump and half don't. the bottle, you still made a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And we don't have to do that. So we can get some really good quality wines on tap. We don't have the waste. And so we can pass on that savings. So you can get a really nice bottle of wine. Well, or a really and, nice and not charge $60 a glass. Like. Yep. That's yeah. true. Yeah. And, yeah, and frankly, and we do half-price wine. We do $5 glasses of wine on happy hour. We do $10 glasses of wine uh, every day, and that's uh, 5 bucks on happy hour. So, and again, you get a nice Tempranillo, Rosé, Prosecco, or Sauvignon Blanc, and, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not mad at paying 10 bucks for a glass of wine and definitely not at 5 <laughs> No, that's true. And, you know, having that just ability just to go, hey, let's make some sangria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well... 
dirty sangria secret. Sangria Sundays. Most, most places, sangria is that day old, or that it really old is. Wine. That's <laughs> yeah. That's the dirty secret. That's, that's what that's what gives that extra flavor. Yeah, it's like oh, I got a merlot, really I got a cab, up that and way. I got a rosé. Throw it all together. Let's make a sangria. Yep. Chop up some oranges. And yep. Oh yeah, man, some, it's not quite there yet. <laughs> Add some vodka. Just <laughs> just. Just dump all your old wine and the rest of the rest of the the uh, bar fruit from last night, and you're set. <laughs> yeah, in so many places they do uh, half price bottles, okay. open bottles, you know, on Wednesday or Mondays and stuff like that, just to get something out of it. Uh, but yeah, keg. I never mind keg wine. I always, I'm not a big wine drinker, but yeah, I know what tastes good and what doesn't. And it's like, man, the stuff that I've tried was always pretty tasty. I've I've done some. I'm not that big into wine. And for me, I think it's Menage a Trois California Red Blend. It's like seven bucks a bottle. Yeah, that's, that's what I one. want in wine. It tastes like <laughs> fruit. I don't have to worry about you know tannin structure or uh-huh. barrel character. It's dirt cheap and just tastes like juice. <laughs> who's who's that, a I would I would drink wine. that. Yeah. I mean when I when I go to if I want. A glass of wine, like at a steakhouse or something. I'm the, you know, you look at the prices, second cheapest. <laughs> I'm not paying $70 for a glass of wine. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be the cheapskate who, you know, what's the, the absolute cheapest. But what's the wine? Cheapest. It might be called like dirt ass cheap wine or something like I don't know, but it was like the guy has like $3 bottles of wine, and I think it finally bumped up to 4 but he's okay. won so many awards. Is that Charles Shaw? Yeah, Mitch, yes. Shaw. Oh, that's the, yeah, that's yeah. it. Trader Joe's special. Yeah, I haven't tried it, but I, don't <laughs> know, I keep hearing about it. Were those ever in Texas? I remember a friend yeah. of mine used to live in California and like, yeah, shoot my cases. Of isn't there still a Trader Joe's? Shot. It's over on uh, West Alabama. Yeah, Alabama, West Alabama. Where the bookstop yeah. was. Mm-hmm. The old bookstop. <laughs> so, and was that Taqueria Rucci's <laughs> that used to be oh, next door? Oh, Rucci's that. Um, yeah, I, uh, turn into another bar, but well, well, our, yeah, ours is ours is definitely better than three buck Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> that that apparently that wine wins all kind of awards. So because well, I think they would just buy fruit from the people who were charging like sixty dollars a bottle, they buy the same fruit and just not mark it up. Yeah, so it's the same grapes fermented somewhere else, but like it's the same fruit that the big guy, you know, the expensive wines were. It's the same stuff, just different label and significantly cheaper. When, another place that uh, opened up recently that they do a lot of keg cocktails is the Upside Pub. Mm-hmm. They're off North Shepherd. Mm-hmm. They were close by Cottonwood. Yep. And I tried their Old Fashioned mm-hmm. and on draft. Mm-hmm. And it was actually really, I mean, yeah. the third one was excellent. Yeah. <laughs> fourth one tasted even fourth better. Fourth one was. <laughs> yeah. They do it at the craft house, yeah. Do they do keg? No. It's, it's uh, all just, yeah. like, yeah, we, we are just planning, crafted. Made on site. we are planning uh, two uh, two keg cocktails that should be ready for this weekend. Um, so my, my rule with doing keg cocktails is we're not just putting things in a keg and pouring them on draft for simplicity's sake. It has to actually contribute to the, the quality of the cocktail. So... Espresso martini, we're going to put that on a nitro draft line. So just like a Guinness, that's how we're going to get that creamy head on, a, on an espresso martini. Man. So that's, uh, hmm. and that, that'll, be, that'll be delicious. Uh, 
we we do have uh, uh, Jonathan Elkins over here. Uh, he's uh, he's our barista that's been doing uh, coffee in the city for about uh, 12 years as well. Uh, he he uses Amaya beans, and so he's going to be making some uh, different cold brews for us, kind of tweaking, figure out which one works best uh, with our espresso martini recipe. But uh, yeah, that'll be one that we serve on on draft for that intent and purpose that we get that creamy texture from a, a nitro pole. Um, and then the uh, then the other uh, uh, keg cocktail is going to be a Paloma, and again the intent there is that it'll be a carbonated cocktail, and uh, we can adjust the uh, the pressure settings as much as we want to be able to make as fizzy and bubbly as we like, and uh, you know basically uh, since Topo Chico is so so difficult to find anymore, sure. we can uh, we can emulate that that super high carbonation level uh, by, by manipulating it ourselves in the uh, in the keg that way. Uh, yep. Well, let's take a break and uh, get some refills on some beers. Try something else where dress works. Dave and Sam, let's get some beers. We'll be right Key Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated, not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. Key Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KeyTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KeyTWellness.com. At True Anomaly Brewing, our greatest achievement lives in knowing that everything we've learned is yours to enjoy. While it may not be rocket science, we brew with the same detail and dedication learned while running mission operations for NASA. Taking risks is part of our DNA. We don't take them just to say we did, we take them because of the result. Bold brews we're proud to share with fellow adventure seekers. True Anomaly Brewing. Beer for the explorers. Get your tickets now for Wild West Brew Fest, voted number one beer fest in North America by BeerYeti.com for multiple years in a row. The weekend starts November 3rd for the K-Town Showdown. Friday, November 4th is the official launch party, and Saturday, November 5th is the festival. Over 500 beers from over 60 breweries, live music, lots of food, games, and three days of good times. Discounted hotels and tickets can be found at WildWestBrewFest.com. You do not want to miss it. WildWestBrewFest.com. Hey, it's James from Ingenious Brewing Company up in Humble, Texas. We are a small batch brewery open Wednesday through Monday with an air-conditioned tap room, hosting weekly trivia, monthly art markets, and many more family and pet-friendly events. Not in the mood for a delicious beer? Try one of our hard seltzers or a local cider or wine. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for a daily update on our tap list and daily events. Can't make it to the tap room? Just look for us at your local HEB, Specs, or any fine craft beer retailer. Cheers. Hey Houston, this is Bryce, 11 Below Brewing. I'd like to invite you to come out and see us. We're located just outside the Beltway up by Willowbrook Mall. We're open Thursday and Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday afternoon as well. And if you're lucky, you might even get a hug from Jeff while you're here. If you're looking for some great little fun beer to beat this Houston heat, Taco Tuesday is our jam. Got a little bit of lime and salt, super refreshing, and crushes the summer heat. You can find it at your local grocery stores and liquor stores. Check us out on social media at 11 Below Brewing.
Coolest Drink of Ages here on ESPN 97.5. We are hanging out at Chris Works, Dave Sorrell, Sam Wright as our guests. Uh, we've gone through a few beers. We've talked about cocktails coming up. Uh, Astros games going on. And you guys have corn dog, <laughs> Frito pie, hot dogs. Um, What's the yeah. Yeah, so we've got we've got a special game day menu as well as our steak night tonight. So uh, lots of great food and uh, great prices, like we said. So definitely come on by, watch a game, drink some awesome beers. Well, I just want that corn dog. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a big fan of corn dogs. Well, well, well they're uh, getting the getting the kitchen prepped up right now. So about ten minutes, we'll be able to get you a corn dog. Oh definitely. man! Make sure we get you one before. Yeah, that's that's. I don't know what it is about those things, but even like in my freezer, there's always a box of corn dogs. Just frozen corn dogs. And you know, sometimes it might be three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, you know what, corn dog, or afternoon corn dog. Damn things are good. Yeah, well, so we're we're using a, uh, a jalapeno cheddar sausage in that ours. That's funny, man, because I just was like, man, if someone would just do a corn dog with like a jalapeno, jalapeno cheddar, cheddar sausage, <laughs> Sam goes, we and are, we are, <laughs> mm-hmm. excellent. But, but yeah, so it comes two of them, and it's uh, it's definitely a meal. It'll fill you up, <laughs> and then a little house made uh, uh, honey mustard sauce goes great with it. Yeah, I, I'm more of a. With, with my corn dogs, uh, half mustard, half ketchup swirl. Okay, that is what uh, what I what I like. You All like right. spicy but ketchup? I do like the spicy yeah, ketchup. Yeah, house made ketchup. That's yep, really good. Yeah, our house made spicy ketchup better than Whataburger. I had it with the burger I had last week, week before, mm-hmm. whenever it was Burger Day up up here, which yep. happened to be a really excellent burger as well. Yep. The cool thing is, you can watch all this food being prepped while you're drinking a beer. Yep. <laughs> So, you know, it's not – you go to some places and you're just like, man, I wonder about that kitchen. <laughs> no, How it's many a, microwaves are back there? Yeah. You can see it all. Zero here. <laughs> no, it's like it, it forces you to keep a clean operation. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, everything. I, I definitely uh, – I have no uh, no cons- no problems eating off uh, – eating on any of our food. And, you know, it's like in my line of work, you know, I've done, uh, I've done beer repping. I've done uh, delivering kegs places and some of those kitchens that you – You've seen the kitchen. Yeah. Or you see the keg room that also the kitchen uses, and it's oh, like, man. oh, oh, no, That's, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Where you're storing food next to these moldy kegs. Yeah. Or on top of and spilling everywhere. Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, what are you drinking, John? Now, okay, I moved up to the other IPA. Hardy Hop. Hardy Hop. Oh, that's the big that's one. Yep. Yeah. 7.7% uh, Citra and Mosaic. So all the all the crowd pleasers on that. And 7.7 puts it uh, right on the top side of, uh, do we call it an IPA or a double IPA? So... I at that one, I mean, I, I you had to call it IPA. I mean, I, I, I know that it could go either way. That range has shifted because I it remember has. like Pliny the Elder, which is top five beer in my opinion that I've ever had. That's like I think it's eight percent, and that's a double IPA. Right. But they, I've heard that there's a lot of homebrew competitions that will have double IPA, and they'll enter. They'll just have a bottle of Pliny, and it'll get like like midway in the judging yeah it's like yeah. this is this is an amazing beer how, how does that happen this? yeah and uh, especially yeah i've judged some homebrew competitions <laughs> 
A lot of it's not that good. Yeah, for there was, uh, I guess St. Arnold used to do a homebrew competition to, I forget what we, it was, either for a divine reserve or something. And the smart way to do it is you had something to do in the morning, so you couldn't judge the first round, but you could be there for the second round. First round, there's there's some hard to it gets swallow. Gets a little rough. Yeah, yeah, it's a little rough, and then you kind of weed those out. That's where. That's where you really want to judge because there's there's some good stuff out there, but for sure, I've also had some some homebrew that is if, if you could put that in a commercial scale, hey, it, it's, it'd be some of the best beer out there. Money, yeah. yeah. What about you, Sam? What are you drinking? Hardy Hop as well. Yeah, I would say, um, yeah, we kind of did. You know, Citra Mosaic has just turned into it's a great hop combination. Peanut butter and jelly, right there. I mean, and just. Just put a little bit of caramel malt in there, so it's kind of that, you know, the West Coast IPA from 10 years ago, but with kind of updated hop flavors. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit sweet. I think next batch we make, we'll probably switch up the caramel a little bit, yeah. dial that back down so it's kind of more modern, um, more modern palate. Um, yeah, I think I think that plays really well. Yeah, I think it came out great. And, yeah, just big, uh, you know, citrusy, melon. Um, yeah, lots of lots of fruity characteristics on that one. And, yeah, no fruit added to it, but it definitely does taste like it's got, you know, that... that uh, grapefruit, citrus. Yeah, grapefruit and delicious one. Well, I'm, I'm sipping on uh, on our Kolsch. We call it light work. And so Kolsch is uh, straight-up uh, Pilsner malt with a touch of wheat to it. And then we're using uh, Saphir hops, which are basically a, uh, a relative of Tettenanger, so like a noble noble variety. So you get that real light, perfumey kind of floral essence to it. And compared to a lot of other Kolsch's, this one, uh, the grain profile comes through pretty well. So you actually, it's, it's a Kolsch that's got a little, little bit to it. So it's not, uh, it's not a heavy beer by any means. Still one of those, uh, still one of those patio pounders, still a good hydrator on, the, on a hot summer day. But let you know it's there. Got just a little bit, a little bit of character to it. So definitely, definitely one of my go-to's. Uh, see a couple of our others. I guess we can just kind of run down our, sure. rest of our, do our list. So yeah, uh, newest one on the wall. Uh, we call it Corn Star. So uh, pun intended, of course, there, because <laughs> uh, Corn Hub was already ta- was already taken. Speaking of home brewers, there's some home brewers out of I think it was Oregon that had the name Corn Hub, but <laughs> but so it's a uh, a light uh, club dedicated to corn brewing. <laughs> that they they had the name, we couldn't do it. So. Okay. But yeah, so anyway, it's uh, so it's a uh, a light lager with uh, with a touch of corn to it. So uh, Pilsner malt, corn, and um, what was the hops we used on that one? Was it uh, uh, Pato? Pato. So yeah, real versatile bittering hop. So not uh, obviously on that style, you're not going for a big hop profile. Uh, light, crisp. You know, again, another uh, another uh, another patio pounder, a little little summertime slammer there. A uh, couple other favorites on the wall right now. Uh, kind of switching gears, like the big heavy one. We've got Dipstick, which uh, called called that because it looks like you're changing the oil in your car. Uh, that one's uh, 15% uh, bourbon barrel imperial stout. So we uh, we like doing little shots of that behind the bar. So uh, come up to the bar and uh, do a little little sipper well, on that sure. one. Sure. <laughs> that. But uh, that yeah. actually sounds like something you could put a shot of your espresso martini That's a good idea. in. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
Yeah, we've been mixing that uh, with uh, with espresso uh, with I'm sorry with uh, um, nitro cold brew. So been real tasty one there. Um, see then uh, peach kinda, buzz. Yeah, peach buzz. Uh, that's that's the one I was sipping on uh, previously. Uh, that one is a blonde ale uh, Kolsch essentially that uh, we uh, we added some uh, uh, peach puree. And so we didn't want to overload it and make it super sweet and heavy. So it's uh, nice, well-balanced. Again, still got the grain profile comes out, plays well with that, uh, with that light peach flavor. A little bit of peach on the aroma without being too overpowering. And uh, so, yeah, just, uh, again, kind of a, a light-fruited one. Again, trying to go for things that are broad, uh, broad appeal that, you know, you can have three or four of these without, you know, knocking you on your butt and having to put you in a wheelbarrow to take you home. So... <laughs> Yeah, just having, having a good selection, like you said, just for whoever walks in, mm-hmm. right? No yeah. matter no matter who you are, what you like to drink. Now, you know, people are going to walk in and be like, hey, what do you have that's closest to Bud Light? You're like, we have this Kolsch. We have yep. a Kolsch. You know, yeah. Or we got Corn Star. Corn or we have Corn Star. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll be like what's on the wall right now. We'll kind of judge what's popular, what's not. Every spot's a little bit different. You know, if it's... If it's not popular, we'll swap it out for, you know, try and cater to what the customers are looking for. And this is kind of our first initial offering. Um, we've also got we got a Baltic Porter mm-hmm. in the chamber. Yeah. That should be ready in a couple weeks. That's Just a big, yeah. big dark lager. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baltic um, Porter is one of those that you don't see anyone really making. Cause oh, man, they're so good, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's essentially an imperial stout but it's a lager. Right. So it takes quite a bit longer and it's, you know, a massive amount of ingredients. Like what it was like 850, 900 pounds of it grain, 900 and nine, 900, 950, which is about yeah. was, at least double the grain that's in like culture. Yeah. yeah. And, and, the lighter and, that, beers. and that was basically the limit that the van could carry. Uh, when <laughs> I, <laughs> that's what we're making it with. <laughs> yeah. I was driving up to BSG to go uh, pick up, uh, pick up ingredients. And the, the ride back was, uh, I, I felt like the front wheels were slow. barely, barely touching. Like I was uh, <laughs> definitely a little wheels. bit of, yeah, a little bit of understeer going on. Checking that suspension. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I'm looking forward to that one, and that's one that I always said, like, you know, someday, like, I never got to brew Baltic Porter as a home brewer because I never had the temperature control, and I just never really did the lagers at home, and so I always wanted to do a Baltic Porter at, at a commercial scale, and I never had the opportunity, like, at Holler, it was like, oh, no, we can't tie up the tank space for, you know, three months to make this beer, Yeah, and it's just, like, it's... Again, being high, being high ABV and being a logger, it just takes a long time in a tank. All right, to fine, make. forget. It. I'll just buy my own brewery and I'm going to make one. Yeah, basically, yeah. Like, I'll make this work. <laughs> I fi- finally get my own Baltic porter on the wall. So. <laughs> For sure. Well, fellas, man, appreciate you having us out. It's been a whole lot of fun, and and yeah. beers are excellent. Sam, you make good beers. Not worried about that. Dave, you sure. have a good head on your shoulder, so you know what, you know what people are looking for. I'm really excited about this place. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you very much yeah, for having us. Something by. All right, Gris Works. There's something going on every single day. So you know, just come by. There's a special. I'm looking at it right now. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then breakfast on the weekend. So you can start early on Saturdays yeah. and come out and just have a good time. Yes, All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to this week's show. Uh, you can listen to any of the old ones sponsored by No Label Brewing Company. But look, just find it online, all over the place, all the podcast sites except for spotify you can't find it on spotify too much good music spotify is weird i got spotify and there's so many podcasts i hear about and it's they don't have 
They don't have. Like, we we got turned down because of because the amount of music that's in it. They say, oh, you can't have music. It's like, all right, well, that's. So that you're hmm. you're gonna cost them what, two thirds of a cent to pay whatever, right? On exactly, what exactly. But either way, you can listen to any of them all over the place in Wild West Brewfest this weekend. Make it out there. Uh, for once, the last brew fest is still happening around Houston. And, man, we need them. They're fun. They're a good time. Yeah. Go out there and try a bunch of beers and from a bunch of places you've never tried before. All right. We'll talk to everybody next week. Be safe. Thank you.